Welcome to the Anchor Church Podcast. We are so glad you're here. For more content and upcoming events, visit anchorchurchcsra.com. The title for today's message is called A Multiplication Mindset, because there's one thing about Anchor Church that I want you to know today. So I know we've got some new folks in the room. We've got some of you who are new around here. You've been here for maybe a couple months, a little while. Some of you have been here uh, a long while. So we've got a lot of different um, uh, situations there. But I want to get us all around this vision of multiplication. And if you've been around here a little bit, then you probably have heard me talk about it at some point. And I've even, um, I mean, I've tried to weave it into everything that we do. Because really, guys, if there's one thing about our church I want you to know is that um, I'm trying as the lead pastor to cultivate a culture of multiplication at our church. And in the kingdom of God, in the broader family of churches that exist, we have lost a multiplication mindset. We really have. And here's what's happened. We have settled for addition. When in fact, the Bible encourages us to multiply. And so what I want to do today is talk to you about a vision for our church, a vision for Anchor Church founded in God's very heart for the multiplication of his kingdom. And then next week, we're going to start a brand new series, a brand new sermon series on Jesus' longest recorded sermon in the Bible in the book of Matthew entitled The Sermon on the Mount. So we're going to preach verse by verse through Matthew's chapter 5 through 7. It's going to be incredible. So make sure that you're back, right back in that seat next week, maybe with someone else with you uh, that you know would just, just, that just needs to hear the words of Jesus. And that's just so refreshing, right? Just, just to get back to, okay, but what did, what did Jesus himself say? Like what words came out of his mouth? So we're going to preach a whole series on the red letters right up to Easter. It's going to be phenomenal. Can't wait. So a vision founded in God's heart for the multiplication of his kingdom. Here's the deal. We will impact lostness. We're going to put this on the screen so you can see it. We will impact lostness in the CSRA at the highest level when we think multiplication in all that we do. When multiplication permeates every ministry of our church, then we will impact lostness. Because here's the deal. Here's just the blunt truth. There's not a church in this city, not even a cluster of churches alone that can reach our entire community. We're not going to swoop in here a year in or 10 years in or 100 years in as Anchor Church and save, like, you know, just save everything. Like That's not what we're trying to do. What we're trying to do is be our puzzle piece in the kingdom. And we talk all the time about the kingdom because... It's just easy to get so focused on your own church and your own and your own and you know even in some cases you know your pet ministry and like it's, it becomes very me centered. To have a multiplication mindset forces us to get our eyes off ourselves and goes. You know what? Yeah, when I show up to church on a Sunday morning, I'm going to receive a word. I'm going to be encouraged. I'm going to see people. I'm going to have community. But really. Multiplication embraces a turning of the eyes outward and of the heart outward and go, hey, who can I bless today? Who can I encourage today? How can I be involved in the advancement of the kingdom, in the advancement of this mission? And so let's talk about the foundation of this. And we might not think we need to go to Genesis for this. We might not think about that right away, but we're gonna go to Genesis 9 and just look at what's called the multiplication mandate in scripture. If I said that, you may go, what? What are you talking about multiplication mandate? Well, let's, let's go there. The flood has happened, right? Noah and the ark, all the animals and Noah and his family load up. 
the flood's over. They, you know, God, God leads them through that. They're coming off the ark. God gives them the rainbow, right? You guys know the story. Most of you are probably familiar with it. The rainbow's up in the sky. God makes a promise with them. But see, every time God makes a promise, he tells you something about his heart. He shares his heart. He does it from Genesis to Revelation throughout the whole Bible. And here's what, here's what God does. He blesses Noah, verse 1. He blesses Noah and his sons. So that's implying the whole family. So God is about families, amen? He's about blessing families, about families advancing his kingdom, no matter what your family looks like. And he said to them, here's his word, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. Now, in Genesis, this is, this is foundationally a biological uh, situation he's talking about here. He's like, hey, have a, have a bunch of babies, you know, like, like expand your family, fill the earth. Okay, so this is biological replication at its basic level. But God means so much more than that because of the rest of what we see in Scripture. This is just what it comes down to. It's the first thing right off the ark that he tells him. And this isn't, this isn't uh, something new. If you look back in Genesis 1, verse 28, he tells Adam, same thing. He says, hey, be fruitful, multiply. You're gonna fill the earth. This is, this is my vision. God's vision for the world and for reconciliation is multiplication. It is, it is never anything less than that. His vision is so big, and that's why we pray to him. We say, God, God, give, give me a God-sized vision. Because I'll tell you guys, sometimes I'm praying for vision to lead our church forward. And some of the things that cross my mind sometimes, the Holy Spirit convicts me and is just reminding me, Brandon, that's too small. That's too, you, you could accomplish that. No, what about something that only God could do? And that's the kind of church I want to be a part of. I don't know about you guys. I want to be a part of a kind of church that, that where, where, where things are happening that we can never take credit for. And that's, and that's what we're talking about. And so he blesses Noah. He says, be fruitful and multiply. This is the foundation of multiplication all the way back in Genesis. And then now look at Matthew 4. I told you we're going to go to Matthew. Matthew 4, 19. You're probably going to recognize this verse too. Jesus is with his disciples. He says, he says follow me, he told them. And here's what he says. I will make you fish for people. Or another translation, I will make you fishers of men. And see, fishing wasn't like it is today. It wasn't... Uh, you know, with a pole and, and you cast the line like that, they've, does anybody remember how they fished back then? With nets, right? They cast the net. So again, sometimes we think fish, fish for people. We think, okay, cool. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, uh, you know, to share Christ with my one. And, you know, there might be a bite or not. And I may cast the line over here. No, God's thinking multiplication. It's a net. Cast it far and wide. And not everybody's going to accept the message that, that we share. But guess what? We cast it again because God doesn't give up on anyone. He never gave up on us, and we shouldn't give up on other people either. And so Jesus said, but listen, listen to his words. I, I will make you fish for people. Now, does he say it forcefully? Oh, I'm, I'm going to make you fish for people. Well, some of us may feel that way sometimes because it's like, all right, God, I guess I have to do this. But hopefully we can get to a place where, where, where what he's saying here is that he's cultivating a heart that is like God's heart. Because when you get saved, when you give your life to Christ, overnight, everything doesn't change and you're all of a sudden just this like model Christian, right? We're all under construction, amen? All right, yeah, I mean, I couldn't, I mean, I don't, 
I wouldn't even be able to stop before midnight with all the things that God's working on me with, okay? I mean, like, I've got, I've got my own list, okay? Well, we all have those things. So what Jesus reminds us here is that he's, here's what, here's what we do. When we go out and cast the net, sometimes we get discouraged because we're depending on our own power. And what Jesus wants to do, he wants to, he wants to cultivate this within us. And actually, when we fish for people, and when people respond to the gospel, again, we can never take credit because it was his power in the first place. And what does he do with the boats? Remember, remember the account where he's like, hey, fish on that side. And they're like, who is this guy? You know, casting on the other side. We've been fishing all night. What are you talking about? And they finally do what he says, and then what happens? They can't even, the boat's going to sink. They, they, can, they can't even handle what Jesus had for them. And so, guys, God's got plans for our church that are so big, so, so wide and so mighty that every one of you are a part of in some kind of way. And I, and I hope prayerfully that the Lord will lead you to become more and more and more a part of the mission each step of the way. That it's almost like if, if God were to reveal it to you right now, you'd be like, oh, this is crazy talk. There ain't, there ain't no way I would ever do that. And so he'll make us fish for people, fishers of men. All right, here's a great commission, ready? Here we go. So we started with the foundation of multiplication, be fruitful and multiply. I'm gonna make you fishers of men because you're gonna multiply disciples. You're gonna, you're gonna win people to Christ. You're gonna lead them to become a disciple that makes disciples, which I'm just now seeing, by the way. I'm, I'm watching people in our church. It's the first time, guys, I've been, I've been in ministry for about 14 years now. And I've worked in several different ministry settings, whether it be churches, camps, ministries, different, different things like that. This is the first time, this is really sad to say, um, and I'm not bashing the other churches I've been involved with. I'm just saying this is, this is how pervasive of a problem it is in the kingdom. And I've been a part of some great churches, all right? But here's the deal. I'm just now seeing right in front of me second generation discipleship. People who have been discipled starting to disciple others in our church. That's amazing. Have you, have you seen that? Do you know someone that became a Christian and you poured into them and then that person you poured into is pouring into somebody else? Has that, has that happened yet for you? Some of us know, know the rush of that joy. But maybe for many of us in here today, that's kind of a challenging question. It's like, dang, I mean, I know some people I sat in class with, I sat in a Sunday school class with, and we love Sunday school classes. We're not, we're not bashing on that. But I'm talking about disciples that are making disciples that are making disciples. Multiplication really happens in the third generation of discipleship. Addition kind of stops with just, I'm going to make a disciple and then good luck. But no, I'm going to, I'm going to teach you how to disciple. Here's another, um, all right, no, no, sorry. I'm forcing myself not to say that. There we go. Be proud of me. All right. Verse 19. Whew, big moment. Matthew 19 through 20. Thank you. Go, therefore, make disciples of all nations. What do we do? Baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe everything that I have commanded you. And remember, his most important part, I am with you always to the end of the age. In the Great Commission, again, multiplication, we're gonna make disciples. We're gonna baptize, we're gonna teach, and we're gonna remember that Jesus is with us because we could not do it without him. His presence is empowering, and anytime we feel weak, it's likely that we've forgotten the presence of Jesus. In fact, time and time again, Paul is made aware of this. He says crazy things like, my grace is sufficient 
for you. He says, my power is made perfect actually in my weakness. I'm strongest when I feel the most weak and Jesus just comes in and just is my strength. And so as Anchor Church, just, just to put it in front of us again, our vision, we're gonna put it on the screen, we desire every soul in the CSRA to have Jesus as their anchor, as their capital A anchor, the anchor for their soul. And guys, that is not something that we can accomplish by ourselves, not even just us individually, not even just our community groups, not even just our church, but it is a kingdom-wide initiative. It's a worldwide initiative. It's going to take partnerships. It's going to take working together with other churches. It's going to take sacrifice from our church. It's going to take sacrifice from other churches. And we partner in the gospel to see people embrace Jesus as their anchor. And guys, everyone needs an anchor. Let's be reminded this morning. Everyone needs an anchor, and everyone's looking for an anchor. Whether they admit it or not, because we're created and designed to be searching beings. And people may not even know they're searching. They go, well, I'm not, well, I'm not searching. I'm very, you know. But their anchor's in something or they're dissatisfied in some kind of way. And only Jesus can provide that true foundation that we just sing about. Now, why do we exist? What's our mission? Well, we exist to connect. Everybody say connect. We connect. We have connect cards, right? We, we, we connect who? Everyone. Everyone. Anyone. People that look like us. People that, that, that don't look like us. People who think like us. People who do not think like us. People who vote differently than us. People who, I mean, I... God, God has challenged me, especially in the big city of Atlanta, to minister to people who I, w- I would say, if I were honest, I'd probably disagree with 99% of all things with them, but to still love and serve them as Jesus would. Man, that is, that is challenging because we live in a world that says if you don't agree with someone, there's no way you could love them. In fact, disagree equals hate. And that's not the Christian way. That's not the way Jesus taught us. But we're gonna connect everyone in our community to God, because that's the most important thing. Guys, we could plug them into a Bible study. We could plug them in here and do that and get them busy in church. But if, but if you're not right with Jesus, none of that matters. I mean, it matters. You're going to be impacted. But you know what I mean? I'm like you, you can sit in a Bible study your whole life and not be right with Jesus and go straight to hell. Church, church does not save you. And I don't say that cavalier or you know, to be shocking or anything like that. I hope we just get that this morning, that the first step for anyone that we're trying to impact is, hey, are you at peace with God? Maybe just write that question down. Ask somebody that this week. Hey, do you have peace with God? Or what's your anchor? What anchors you in this life? Find some way to ask someone that provoke. Man, I've asked that question a ton. And I'm telling you, people are usually ready with an answer. It's crazy. It's crazy how it works out. Because people actually want to talk about that stuff more, more than we think they do. And so we connect everyone to God. And then we connect them to his word through discipleship. That's why we're launching these foundations groups. That's why in our community groups, we don't just get together and hang out. We get into the word. And actually in our, in our community groups that meet throughout the week, we talk about the message. So we take what we talk about here, and then we have discussion questions. So it doesn't just like get put on a shelf Sunday and we go, okay, yeah, that was a good sermon, move on. But we, we pull it back out and we go, okay, what, what was that? Because I didn't catch all 35, 40 minutes of that. So, and, and, I would, and I don't either when I'm sitting on your side of things. I don't, I don't pay attention the whole time. I zone out at least five times, okay? So I, I get it, all right? More like 10 probably. But anyway, just, you know, the struggle, the struggle's real, but we need to pull these things back out. And that's why we take notes and we look at those. And so we grow in his word and then finally his mission. We want to connect people to the mission of God because it's, it's life-changing. When you actually get involved with what God is doing, it's amazing. All right, so multiplication really 
manifests itself in three ways. We're, we're gonna fly through these two triads, ready? We've got two triads, so note takers, warm up those pins, all right? Here we go. Multiplication really happens in, in a few different ways. We're gonna talk about first divine intervention. It starts here. Multiplication doesn't happen without God. I hope I've been clear with that. <laughs> He's at the foundation of it all. We can't take credit for it. It's his glory that we're after. That's why multiplication is presented in creation because we're created to be image bearers of God and to self-replicate and to fill the earth, not, not only biologically, but with others who would also know God and who would also glorify him, okay? But divine intervention, God, God reveals through his scripture God inspires, he saves, and then he sends. And it always ends with that, guys. If you're, if you're a Christian in the room, then God, God has sent you, whether or not you've gone. He has sent you. We, we just read the Great Commission. He said, go. You got a choice whether or not you want to go or not, but you have been sent. It is a great co-mission, not a great single mission. It's not something for just you. It's something that we do together, that we pursue forward. And so God intervenes first. He reveals, he inspires, he saves, he sends. The second thing that happens, I love this one, internal conviction. After God reveals, something happens in your heart. If your heart's hard, the Bible says the seed just kind of bounces off. Satan comes along and takes the truth away from you. But if you've got a soft heart, if you've got ears that want to hear, and I think a lot of y'all do this morning. I think a lot of y'all have ears that want to hear, and you're really leaning into this. I can, I can just tell by your body language that you're really picking up what I'm putting down. There's an internal conviction that happens. The work of the indwelling Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is fully God and he guides us into all truth. He brings us, he, he reminds us of what the truth says about Jesus and reminds us of what the truth says, of what God's word says about the purposes of life and, and all of the things that are important. And so God reveals, then there's an internal conviction in multiplication. Some, some of y'all are experiencing that this morning. Like, man, okay, yeah, man, I gotta get on this multiplication thing. That's good, that's good, lean into it. And then here's the third one. And this may sound kind of like a downer, but it's not. And we run from this one. External persecution. And we're talking about victory in the midst of that persecution. Did you know that persecution, the very thing that we may dread above all, anyone ever um, sending even any negative vibes to us about our faith or anything like that, that all persecution has ever done is multiplied the church. That's all it's ever done. The most intense persecution. And I feel convicted sometimes even, even saying that in a sermon because I've never been taken to prison for my faith or tied up or tortured or anything like that. So I say that really uh, you know, as humbly as I possibly can. Like, I don't even think I've experienced uh, even close to the persecution that, that a lot of Christians throughout history have faced. But we all know that, that we do face pressure from the culture that we live in here in our city of Augusta you do face pressure for being a Christian. You will. If you have not faced any pressure, it's likely you are not very out front with your faith and you might like to hide it in fear of persecution. But all persecution is going to do is fuel multiplication. So if no one's ever disgruntled with you about your faith at all, it may be a sign that maybe we need to step out and share that faith a little more and talk to people a little more. I'm not saying go out and create a bunch of enemies or start yelling at people. That's not good. But at a certain point, external persecution will happen. And Jesus said, man, Jesus promises it in John 16. He said, in this world, you will have suffering. You will have 
persecution, troubles, the whole deal. But take heart, for I have overcome the world. And that's what we trust in. But guys, we gotta expose some barriers. I built a good foundation of like a theology of multiplication as quick as, quick as I could in about 20 minutes, but now, now we're gonna hit where, where the rubber meets the road, ready? These are the barriers. These, these are the things that will keep our church from achieving this. So we just wanna call them out, expose them, demolish them even today, just say like, nah, we're gonna, we're gonna blow right through these, ready? The first barrier to multiplication mindset for church and for even our church is scarcity mentality. Will you write that down? Scarcity mentality. What is scarcity mentality? It's simple. If we multiply, if we're a church that plants another church, if we, seek, if we, if we start another group, if we start more groups, if we start more ministries, if we start another church, we won't have what we need. And I've heard many, many, many uh, pastors, unfortunately, and, 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 and church members just over the years, I, I've heard it, well, well, no, we can't do that because, no, we, we would lose them. Talking about like sending people out to plant a church. Well, how many, well, how many people are, are we going to lose? No, we're not losing. It's not a loss. It's a sending. It's, it's, it's the most biblical thing that we could do, friends, is to send people out for ministry. We don't want it just to stop here. Now, are we ready to start another church right now? No, we're not. But we're getting there. And I believe, I believe by faith, I, I mean, I have, my, I have my eye on a few of you, but, uh, but I believe just by faith, I'm not, I'm not 100% certain, but I'm just gonna, again, faith in what we cannot see, we will have a church planner within our congregation. God's gonna call someone here. To, yes, I, 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 firm, I firmly believe it. God will raise up a planner within our congregation. He will provide. I think there's a lot of planners sitting in a lot of congregations around our city. And they're not being tapped on the shoulder and saying, hey, you ever thought about that? That's how, that's how man, do you know, I just, I just hung out with like 500 church planners in Alpharetta, Georgia for a week back in October. And it was, it was a powerful experience. I think like 1% of us were white. It was just amazing, like from all over the country. It was great. We had, I mean, Ethiopian pastors. We had Arab pastors. I mean, we had like, I mean, it was just like the world was in there. It was great. Almost every one of them, when it talks about, um, you know, when they were sharing how they came to plant a church, almost every one of them was like, I never wanted to plant a church. I'd, I wasn't even thinking about it. And just to hear the different scenarios, you know, some, someone challenged me, just like, have you ever thought about it or whatever? Or, you know, I, I walked into this church plant and I just, so God calls in a variety of ways. But what we want to do here is we want to cultivate a church culture that is centered around multiplying leaders. So we want to make it easy for you to jump into leadership here. We do. If you've got a heart for leadership, if you want to make disciples and be, and be a leader, uh, that's really easy to do around here. It is. There's, there, there's a lot of shared leadership. And if you haven't had that opportunity yet, or maybe like, well, nobody's come and talk to me about that. Well, come, we'll come and talk to me because maybe we just missed it, okay? But we, we, we want to multiply because we can't plan a church unless we multiply leaders. We, we can't plan a church unless, unless we show right now that we can multiply disciples. And so we're going to multiply disciples, multiply leaders, prepare a team, send out to plant more churches. And I pray by God's grace that we might, even, we might even be able to start a micro church planning network, which is probably how the church plants are going to be sent out from here on because what's, what's happening at the North American Mission Board now is that they're, they're very vocal with like, we don't plant churches. 
we resource churches to go and then plant churches. Churches plant churches. And so that's shifting in our tribe of churches that we work with, and that's really encouraging. So we have scarcity mentality. If we pursue this forward, we won't have, you guys, this is, this is what we do with our money, right? Well, if I gave more, then we wouldn't be able to do this or like, well, you know, how, how am I gonna have this? And so honestly, it's just fear. It's fear holding us back. And God, God did not give us a spirit of fear. He gave us a, a spirit of power, love, and sound judgment. That's from 2 Timothy chapter one. The second mentality we gotta bust wide open, ready? Let's bust it open, is a machine mentality. Machine mentality looks like this, is simply serving the mechanism of the church. And it's answering the question, what does is, what is this church need? And let's meet those needs. Meet the needs of the body, right? Is that, a, is that a bad thing? No, it's not a bad thing. Because in order to be a healthy church, we have to be a functioning body and we have to meet the needs of the body. But if it stops there, if it simply serves the machine, the institution, and, and I can empathize with, with some of you in the room that grew up with a mindset I was taught this, that we are to serve the institution of the church and not the actual biblical mission of the church. You know what I mean? To serve the, the institution, the entity, does this church have everything they need? Are all the slots filled? All the slots are filled? Victory, cool. All right, we got enough volunteers. Great, everybody's doing their thing. We're running services. We got Bible studies. We're going on mission trips. Done, check. False. That's machine mentality. We want to be a mission mentality. We want everyone engaged in the mission of God around here. And there's room. There's room for you on the bus. There's room for you to get engaged. If you don't know how to do that, if you're like, man, I'm struggling to find my place, whether it be just in this church or in the kingdom or just, you know, I, don't, I don't know what seat I need to sit in on the bus, then come, man, let's, let's meet and let's talk and let's, or, or I'll hook you up with someone else to meet with and talk with. Um, and, and there's someone around here that can help you do that because we have also leaders at our church that love, uh, that love helping people find their place. And so let's talk about that. The third, the third barrier, let's hit it. This one's called micro mentality. We've already kind of mentioned it. And micro-mentality is simply this. The vision's too short, too small. And to be honest, it doesn't require much faith. It's pretty, it's pretty attainable in and of ourselves. And I just never want to be like that, guys. I just want to believe that God can do way more than any of us can do individually or even, or even just trying our hardest together, that, that God will actually multiply our efforts. Have you guys heard that before, that like we do the very best we can for Christ, but then we pray, God, take what we have offered to you and just multiply it to where we look at what happened and we're like, I can't, I can't believe that. That's, that's amazing. And that, man, I just, I want to be standing here next year at year two. And I just want to tell some stories next year, more stories, because we heard, I mean, we heard some stories today, and there are more stories out there that we just didn't have time uh, to necessarily share today. But guys, I want to tell some stories to where we just go, I did not see that coming. God did that. I can never take credit for it. A micro mentality will hurt us. So let's have a vision that's as big as our God, a God-sized vision. We want to infuse multiplication every level of our church, whether we're multiplying disciples, multiplying leaders, multiplying churches. So here's the invitation. Here's the invitation. Embrace a multiplication mindset. I don't know which barrier resonates with you the most. 
I have a feeling for some of us in the room, it's probably the fear one. Because it's kind of scary when you start, um, and by the way, a a multiplication mindset church, like things are going to change on the regular. And so um, I don't mean this in any kind of mean-spirited way. I'm just trying to be honest with you, just 100% honest. If you are looking for a church where things are going to stay the same all the time and you can just be comfortable, um, guys, I know a lot of great churches in our area where that's the culture, and, and, and there's some great pastors there, great people there. I will direct you there because you would love it there. You will hate it here if that's your mentality. And if it is your mentality, that's fine. Like, I will connect you. But the mentality here, things are going to change every week, but we will move forward. We will accomplish this mission. But guys, that's not something that I could ever do or even hope to do alone. It's something that we could accomplish together, seeking the heart of God, and then praying to God to do what we cannot do. So let's march forward together this year. Let's make 2023 an amazing year of ministry here. Watching God grow our church, like Dr. B was saying, not, not, not just with how many people are here on Sunday morning. That is, that is a small and important metric, but, it, but it's a small metric of what God is doing here. I'm excited about what God's doing in our church. I hope you are too. And I want you to be a part of it. I want you to be, I mean, a lot of you are a part of it, but I want you to lean into it even more and embrace that multiplication mindset. So let's pray together. God, help us. Help us, help us to think outside these boxes in our heads that we built. Boxes that, that limit us from experiencing what you want us to see and do. God, I just pray that you'd speak to hearts this morning. I pray that every person in here would just be leaning into hearing your voice. And God, I know that at some point during that message, something that was said, Grab, grab the attention and grab, grab the heart of people in this room. And, and, and there's a next step that you placed upon their heart. And God, I, I just pray that you would help each of us to search our hearts for this in this response time. And if we don't know that we would just ask for wisdom, God. We would say, Lord, show me my next step. Show me how I'm supposed to be involved in this multiplication thing. Lord, give us a mindset for exponential growth in the kingdom. God, help us um, help us fall less and less in love with our comfort. Help us fall less and less in love with predictability and putting our securities in things that are not Christ. Lord, if there's anyone here that needs a fresh start with you today, I pray that they would cry out to you in this moment and just embrace the words of Joel chapter 2 or Romans 10 that everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. And Lord, maybe there's someone in here right now that would acknowledge that, yes, I'm a sinner and I need to be reconciled to God, that I need to come back to him. I need to cry out for his mercy. Jesus, we thank you for your death upon the cross for us, for the forgiveness of our sins. We thank you for your glorious resurrection shows us that we can have victory in this life over sin and death. And God, I pray again, if there's anyone that needs to put their faith and hope and trust in you, Jesus, as Lord and Savior, that they would do so today, or that they would fill out a, a next steps card and say, I, I need to talk to somebody about, about my relationship with God. We can meet up this week. Lord, have your way in Anchor Church.
God, do whatever you want to do. I'm so glad. I'm so, I'm so glad to, to lead and serve in a, in a church that is just full of people, Lord, that are just crazy about your mission and your kingdom. I believe that that's already true, but God, I just pray that you would just, just add some logs to our fire. Help us plug everyone in that needs to be plugged in and just, and just, to, just to connect them further with your mission. And God, do things that we can never take credit for. We lift all this up. We worship you in Jesus' name, amen. Hey friends, we're gonna stand and sing. We're, we're gonna sing about his goodness, his faithfulness. In everything we do, the greatest commandment that we were given in scripture is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And so the first line of this song is just, I love you, Lord. And just lean, lean into that. God, you've been so good in my life. You've been so faithful. Let's just praise him for that. If it's hard to praise him for that right now, I get it. I've been in seasons like that. We're gonna have seasons like that. Sometimes we gotta, sometimes the message that comes up on this screen, some, sometimes we may not be feeling that in the moment, but sometimes we just gotta sing it anyway until you feel it. We sing the truth until our feelings catch up, right? You guys have had days like that? I've had, I've had many days like that in worship. But let's just lift it up. I mean, let's shake, let's shake these walls with our praise today. Let's give Jesus all of our hearts. Lord, we praise you. Thanks for listening. For more information, visit anchorchurchcsra.com or follow us on social media at anchorchurchcsra.com.